Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Hey everybody, welcome to Jen Lowry Writes. Today I am so excited because we have J.E. Craft. There's Jenna on the show. Hey Jenna. So guys, Jenna wrote her first book, Kittens, when she was seven. And despite struggling with poverty, ADHD, and dyslexia, she hasn't stopped writing since. She grew up into an awkward super geek. (laughs) Lover of animals, bugs, psychology, and science. She can be found in Tennessee with her husband, two kids, a cat, two dogs, a lizard, frog, shrimp, and a variety of houseplants. While she's not busy writing, she advocates online for mental health awareness and crushes the hopes and dreams of her loved ones in board games. Mm -hmm. And we are here to celebrate Jenna's new release, Like Cats and Dogs. So welcome, Jenna, to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So Like Cats and Dogs. Well, you've got cats and dogs. I can say where does the inspiration come from and how do you... (laughs) <laughs> and how do you find that to write? So tell us about the book. So uh, I started like cats and dogs. I had a, uh, a rescue cat and uh, a year or so after getting him, we adopted rescued a puppy and the cat was not okay with this. And it was just hilarious, the shenanigans. And I was thinking, watching them, I was like, this would make a phenomenal book because you're sitting there, you know, in your head. Well, I don't know, maybe non-writers aren't doing this, but I'm sitting there voicing the cat and the dog in my head. Like, oh, you think that's good? You just wait, I'm gonna get you. Um, So that was uh, where it all started. And so then you have Kit and Doodle. Yes. That you get to just have so much fun with. And speaking through the animals, I love that POV. Um, I'd read a book similar with Gizmo. I don't know if you've seen that series, but that is, it is so cute. He's like, what's happened? You can't take over my territory. You know, like kind of like a similar type thing, but yours is just so unique and clever. Uh, Made me laugh out loud. Yay. Um, So when you're writing for kids, I mean, that's a necessity. Yeah. Guys, I'm not going to give spoiler alerts today, but a cat that is trying to like give advice in there, his name, where did you come up with his name? (laughs) I laughed out loud. I was like, this is not a typo. This is hilarious. Well, like it was just a phrase growing up. (laughs) Somebody, the stink eye, they just gave me the stink eye. And this cat's got that kind of attitude. And um, I grew up in the inner city and I met plenty of one-eyed cats. And so I just like Stank Eye was the one character that surprised me in the book, and I was delighted when he showed up. And so you, so talk about your process a little bit with us. Like, did you plot out the book? Did you honor that blank page and go forward? Like, how did all of that work? Uh, So I had like the basic outline, like idea from my experience with my animals. It gave me a really good foundation. Um, and I had written an adult novel, uh, which is going to be published in a month or two. It'll come out. So, Ooh. Uh, right. But I had, so I made a bunch of mistakes on the adult novel and learned a ton. And one of the things I learned is that I like to have a, a loose outline and then ignore it. But what helps me most is making, uh, like doing a character interview. 
So before I started writing, I said, okay, who are my main characters? And then I did an interview with them, like uh, interview with Kit the Cats. And that teaches me about their kind of voicing, the attitudes, motivations, helps me to explore um, background things that might affect the, the things that they'll do in the book. It's really fun. And then I just go for it. Like how he was more, you know, particular around Amelia, how he would want to curl up, make her, you know, make sure she's okay. Everything's got to be right with her and not so much with Jack, just dealing with it. Like, so you went through all of that kind of personality traits and, and all of that prior to the right. Yes, I actually, so it's funny because the humans you don't learn a whole lot about, but I know a ton about the humans, like backstory <laughs> stuff. And it just helped me to write a well-formed character without having to like go into the character in the book when it doesn't, doesn't matter for the book. Love it. Love it. So tell me about this new novel coming out. What's up? Okay. So I actually got the idea for these two at the exact same time I was um, pregnant. And uh, my, my cat, who had just been introduced to a dog not too long ago, would curl up on my belly and purr, and, and it was really sweet. And uh, so I was forming the ideas for, like, cats and dogs. And then at night, I dreamt of vampires repeatedly. Um, and the dreams, as pregnant dreams are, were super vivid and detailed and... Um, I, I woke up and I just couldn't shake the imagery. And I thought, you know what? That would make a great story. <laughs> so when my kids went to school, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Wow. So so were you simultaneously working within these two genres and age groups at the <laughs> same time? Right? I have ADHD, so my brain likes to ping. But wow, that's so cool, though. I love it. So which so which one did you finish first? I finished the survivors first. Um, so I, I've learned that as a writer, part of my process is I get an idea and then I chew on it and and like world build for a couple years. So I did that with the survivors. I did that with like cats and dogs. I'm currently chewing on like three other worlds that when I finish what I'm working on now, I can't wait to get into. Um, so yeah, they're just. You know, when my brain is bored, it goes to its sandbox. But isn't that just a lovely way to describe it? Like, so then you're in the sandbox and you just get to play. Yes, I, I really. And I love when I, you know, people talk about writer's block, which is a super real thing. But what I do with it is just when I'm off doing things, fold and close, I just let my brain go to the sandbox and and dig around in the story world that I've created and see what it can't find to help me through. Do you do a lot of visuals? Like, do you pick images or do you take notes? Like when this world building is, is, is actually constructing itself around you for two years, like how do you keep up with all of that? Uh, so I have a, a file. I use Scrivener. So I have like binders okay. in Scrivener uh, that I'll write down notes in, but my main thing that I do like during the day is I have sticky notes because I'm, I need a visual reminder because my brain will ping from one subject to another. So when I get an idea, I write it down right then and then go back to what I'm doing until I can like address it. Uh, a lot of times ideas come during driving. So I have sticky notes in my visor and I've learned how to write one handed with my eyes on the road. Like I can decipher it when I get home. So long as I remember to look at it as soon as I get home. <laughs> oh, I love it. I could see it now. Do you have a board? Do you have like a board or do you put them in a notebook or like how are you like keeping hold of everything in order for organization? So uh, my my sticky notes all go on. I have a little like lap desk for my computer and they all get put on my lap desk until I can put them in a file because oh. when I visually have the thing there, I don't forget to, to do it. But the moment like if if I don't put the sticky note where my writing stuff is, like, it's just, it's not going to happen. That's so great. I use the sticky note system on Jamboard, which is on Google hmm. Drive. So oh, yeah. I have my digital sticky notes now. Um, because trust me, if I had them all over, like, 
I would be the one that would have them all over the entire house. And then the kids would say, oh, there's trash. Mama left it. And they'd probably throw it in the trash can. Oh, <laughs> that would be my next great idea. <laughs> so people would be cleaning up after me, not realizing those would be really little gems that I meant to put in the story. So, yeah, digital storytelling for me, the digital sticky oh, notes yeah. is where I've moved to in my life. Um, but was the process always like that for you? Like, or did you, how long did it kind of take you to find your way with your writing routine? Um, well, I, I started, you know, when, when my, my boys were like small. And so I would just during a nap, if I had had any gem of an idea, I would go and write it down in my file. And, uh, I didn't until they were both in school, uh, develop a time every day where I could just sit and write, um, which was like really what I needed is just a time every day to sit and write. Uh, and then uh, I want to say four years ago, uh, my friends and I, who had always, you know, we've, we've been friends for about 20 years and we're, we're all writers. Uh, we we're like, you know, what would help is um, there are writing courses online. We could go through one of these together because motivation when you're doing it alone you can skip days or whatever and um so we started doing that and that really helped uh improve not only my writing quality but my writing consistency so were you just finding things on websites to go and attend like were you what were you looking for um well, so the, the nice thing about being in a group, there's three of us, is that everyone has different strengths and weaknesses. And uh, I had found several podcasts that were would break down the writing process. Um, uh, writing Excuses is one of my favorites. Uh, there is uh, Cam Weiland's uh, podcast. And uh, my, my friend uh, Lee Jansen, she will catalog this stuff. So when she stumbles across something, like she writes it down, she writes what it was about. So when we were like discussing dialogue and um uh, tobin has trouble with with dialogue he makes these beautiful like paintings of description and not so great on dialogue so then she was like oh well we'll listen to this podcast on this one and this podcast on that one and uh just do this little course in dialogue so it was it was epic oh i love lee already because <laughs> then she's like a huge like support system for both of y'all and putting it all together for you is kind of like she's that that leader of motivation. Let's do this. Oh yeah, like I've got, I've got this and that. What are we working on? Oh well, let me, let me look at my files. I'll drop some stuff in Google Drive. Like it's fantastic. Awesome. How, do you guys meet? Like, do you have your own writing group? Because I know that you said you're a member of the Insubordinate Pen, mm -hmm. and that was the name of what you guys have created together. So talk to me about how did you guys all realize, okay, we want a really cool website, which it is, by the way, I went and checked everything out. <laughs> um, such a cool place. It's like, it's got such a good vibe. Oh, thank you. So we, um, we met 20 years ago, we were working in an internship in an art department. So very a creative space at a time where we were all just fresh out of high school and we just kind of gelled. Um, and we, we, I think wrote on and off over the years, but when um we've all different like tobin has been recently in costa rica and puerto rico and uh lee is like up in the midwest so uh when we decided we needed to like meet together more regularly we pulled up uh is it skype yeah and uh so we have our meetings once a week we're looking each other in the face did you did you meet your writing goals this week accountability partners the best yeah. The best. And so while you're, you know, you're managing all of that, do you find you're alone time actually enriched because you know you're going to meet them? You're alone writing time. Does it kind of hold you to that kind of system? Absolutely. Uh, for me, um, I try and set very realistic goals according to what's going to happen in the week. Like, I, I like to get in 500 words a day, which is low by most writing standards. But like if I set a goal that's too high and I can't reach it, I'm, I'm discouraged. So if I set a realistic goal and I exceed it. That's that's fine. But like we just had uh, my boys's uh, birthdays are two years and six days apart. So like we had back to back birthday uh, 
celebrations. And I was like, yeah, so guys, my writing goals this week is, are to non-zero day, just to survive the week, right? <laughs> words. And uh, so that way when I have to look them in the face, because I know I will and be like, yes, yes, I, I managed to write, I wrote words today. It was, it was good. I did the thing. So you guys are doing like Camp Nano year round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do y'all participate in NaNoWriMo or, or any of those types of events or do you guys just handle your own business? Uh, sometimes uh, we've done a couple, I think it's uh, World Anvil will do like world building uh, things. And I forget what they call it, but it's fun. And they'll put up world building questions. And we are planning a, uh, a fantastic heist novel together. Uh, so we've been like, world building that on the side while we do our other projects individually. Oh, um, how much fun is that? Like so epically fun. Oh, I love it. I just love the concept of being able to brainstorm and work and just share the gifts that, that you all have and putting those gifts together for a heist book. Facebook, yes. So, okay, this is something else that I absolutely love about you, Jenna, because you do not just stay in one place. In the in, in like you don't let something define you in the box. You say, okay, here's a story idea. It's vampires, but I'm also going to write from a cat's perspective, <laughs> and I'm going to write for kids because it's just right to do. Like, let's do this thing. Like, I just I love that. Uh, because that's kind of how I roll in my writing world. And so it's so nice to meet someone else that kind of rolls that way because then I don't feel as like isolated. I don't feel as if like, okay, I'm the only one doing all this jumping around. Yeah. So, yes. So send in you hearts your way right now. At you. Like when I started, people would talk about like staying in the, like writing a genre and I would look at like, and most most writers do well i write romance or i write this and and then i'd look at writers like neil gaiman and be like i could be like neil gaiman who has picture books and children's books and ya books and adult books like it, it's doable like he, i mean forget that he's a legend right uh, but you know <laughs> he did it so therefore it's doable and it's like okay i'm keeping so here's some of the advice that i've heard and if people do this I respect them 100% because they're in their lane and they do their thing and what's best for their writing career. So, so it is a choice that we make, but I've had people say, well, don't you need a different pen name? Mm -hmm. Don't you need to have this? Don't you need to work on a different platform here? And can't you have two websites running at the same time? The thought of all of that, uh, maybe it's an intimidation thing. Like, no, I, I want all my people with me. I don't want to try to split the pot and, you know, have appetizers here and main courses, all this everywhere. And I'm having to think through it. Um, I did think about it, honestly, when the Sunday killer came up, the book that I'm getting ready to publish in August, because it's a serial killer book. And I'm like, okay, this is way different than the Raptor revolution in my fly Felix would be. And then my son was like, mom, he's 18. He's like, mom, just have it on there. It's going to say, serial killer on the loose <laughs> if a kid wants to like you've let me read whatever i want to get my hands on you've never filtered my choice a kid would read that and say oh i'm not reading that one that's a crime thriller serial killer book nope but he's like mom give them that ability to be able to make those choices of their own keep your name yes absolutely and i had i went through the same process people saying like you should have a different pen name for your children's stuff and your adult stuff, especially because I'm writing, I'm writing a, well, I wrote a gritty vampire, but it, they don't sparkle. It's not happy sunshine vampires. Like it's dark and gritty. And then I have like, like a happy sunshine, like kids novel. Um, but like you said, people are going to pick and say, okay, no, that's not my speed. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm definitely with you on that. But I love how authors can know what's right for their careers. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've had to think about it. I've went back and forth. I've made decisions. 
And then at the end of the day, it's my decisions for my author life. And then I totally respect everyone else that's managing all of that. And then I just look at them with awe and say, congratulations, <laughs> go out, do your thing. And I'm feeling really good about how I'm doing my thing. Yeah. And I and I can tell you have that same kind of spark about you, like that you're just honoring whatever comes your way and enjoying the process. Yeah. Like, like trying to fit it into somebody else's process just doesn't produce results um doing it the way like that that works is what what will keep you moving forward yeah and so what have been some like highlights for you some joys for you with the writing like what do you find to be the most joyful oh uh so my my favorite uh event i was in the thick of writing the survivors um and I was over at my mom's house and I was like trying to explain some, some things I was working on in the novel without like giving anything away. And she just stopped what she was doing and looked at me and was like, this makes you come alive. You are a writer. And at that moment is just embedded in my mind because it was so life-giving. And especially at that point, because um, I have, all manner of like anxiety and I was like this is trash I'm just gonna write it for myself and it's fine to never let it see the light of day which I think all artists think their art's trash I think that's part of the course um but I was so insecure about it just having her be like this makes you come alive and it, it does it's one of the few things that gives me energy Oh, I love it. I lo and then to give honor to your mom that way mm -hmm. and to share those moments with her. Yeah. So when Light Cats and Dogs came out, how did you celebrate? Oh, my word. Uh, I was I was so excited. Um, so <laughs> a cat animal stories are actually hard pitch um, because like there's plenty of animal stories out there. So you have to make a pitch that your animal story is different and unique and and like will want to be read versus others. And uh, the whole querying and pitching process like had me in knots. And when I finally signed the contract, like, which was quick, like they accepted my pitch, they reviewed it and it's not a, a long book. So within a couple weeks I had a contract. I, I just cried and then my husband took me out to eat. Like I was so overwhelmed and happy. Oh, so where'd you, so tell me like favorite foods. Like oh. if you have to choose favorite foods. Okay. I, I, so I realize like people can't see, but I, I am a tiny, I have pixie bones. I'm a tiny person. I love to eat and people don't expect it of me because I don't look like a, I love to eat. Um, and I love all the food. I have not encountered a <laughs> food or a style of food that I don't like. I, um, I'm not, crazy about peas, but I've had them done in an Irish creamed way that was incredible. So like even foods that I'm like, eh, like I'll give another shot at it, like throw them at me different. Uh, so we went to celebrate to a Brazilian steakhouse where they literally bring like skewers of food yes. around the table. Yes. Been to one of those, been oh. to one of those at Myrtle Beach. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. That's, that's our celebration place. Um, and then when uh, the book released um, on the, was it the 9th or the 8th? Uh, the 9th. When the book released, uh, we went out again to a, as my husband called it, a weird food place, uh, like gastro pub, smaller dishes of really neat food. Um, and he left going, oh, that was, that was incredible. I was like, right, you didn't know carrots could taste like that, did you? <laughs> Love it, Jenna. Love it. Yeah. I, I'm going out to eat all the time in my brain, but my pocketbook doesn't always necessarily work. Right. <laughs> but in my brain, I'm like, dog, I would really love to go out to eat right now. Oh, but my, my husband's been buying like all this pizza stuff because I just wrote Love Over Pizza. And so we've been talking pizza in the house for like two months. He yeah. actually bought the paddle that you like slide over. I'm like, he got us another stone. Uh, we're cook So now we can cook three pieces at one time. I'm like, man, we are set. He's like, I'm going to make you a brick oven in the back. I'm like, yay. Oh, so 
so yeah, I, I'm all about going out to eat. My son's living the life. He's at, he's at college now, and each week he gets to try a new restaurant on Franklin Street and just check it out at near Chapel Hill. And I'm like, man, you're lucky. Look at you. I get to live through you. Take pictures of your food. Send them to Mama. Oh, for real. People, are like, yeah. No one wants to see your food. Oh, I do. Send yeah. send me your food with a detailed description of texture <laughs> and taste and like contrast that's important <laughs> i do that so when you're so you've talked about the boys so what did the boys think when mama was an author like how was that so um they have they've been used to mom as a writer um as soon so at first they didn't write during the summers because they were little but as soon as they were old enough we instituted quiet hour which meant if mom got a quiet hour to write they could have an hour of video games and so they're used to mom is writing now um and i wouldn't let them read of course the vampire book but i wouldn't let them read like cats and dogs either until it was like finished and edited and um my my youngest had been like begging please mom please and so when he finally got a hold of it um i heard him cackling in the other room as he was reading and it was it was an amazing feeling because I was like, I did it right. You know, he's, he's in there just enjoying it. And he's, he's so proud. He, he tells all his friends, my mom's the best writer in the world. She's better than this author. And I was like, now buddy, don't, don't build me up too much. Like it's fine. Um, but they're, they're both really proud and it just, it's a, it's a great feeling. You need to record them saying all of that. So when <laughs> so when they get older, you can just use that and just say, remember when you said this about mama? <laughs> Look, oh, I've got fun. this. Like record it. So when I did the Raptor Revolution, which is like a fourth, fifth grade um, book, Sam read it with me. And he was like beta because he loves animals. And he's like, okay, I want to read that. He's in eighth grade now. But when he put it, he's like, I got to have my own copy. And I've got to put it on my special bookcase. Wow. He put it beside Tolkien. <laughs> was, oh. He put it beside The Hobbit. Yeah. Which is his favorite scene. Like we're reading, we're in the last book right now. We're in The Return of the King in homeschool. And I'm like, to know that somewhere in the world, it, it doesn't matter where, somewhere, I'm beside Tolkien somewhere. And it's from my child's bookcase. <laughs> that was like priceless for me. Like best moment ever. Like best mama moment. Absolutely. To know that that it had to go beside his favorite book. Like, yeah, those are wins in the writer world. Those are like, those are wins for us. So, so with Like Cats and Dogs, here you've got this book out. What has it been like now that it's out in the world? Oh, my word. It's, it's so exciting. I, so... I struggled, um, yeah, I had experienced like childhood trauma and I struggled through most of my adult life with self-esteem. And even when I, I had enough like distance to recognize that my writing was good and had worth, like when people asked what I did, like I, I couldn't say that I was an author. And like, if you say you're a writer and they're like, oh, have you got anything I'd notice? I'm like, well, um, anything published. and um, our, our current society really revolves around, um, like, what do you do? Which I, I think a better question is like, what makes you come alive? But that's a, that's a whole nother topic. But uh, having it out and being able to put on my profile author felt like recognition for what I would say makes me come alive. And knowing that your first book, Kittens, as a child, Mm -hmm. And then now you've got Kit. Yes. I. It was so funny because I did not make the connection when I was writing like Cats and Dogs. And then later when I pulled out my, my you know, because I still have it. It's like laminated <gasps> and stuff. And uh, so when I pulled it out, I was like, oh, kittens. Like, I am still writing about the same subject. <laughs> like, it was adorable to see like seven-year-old me full circle with what she had been doing and thinking back then. So. But that that's got to give you that sense of like personal satisfaction. It really does. I didn't 
so growing up, I didn't tell people like a writer wasn't on my list of things that I wanted to be when I grew up, but it was what I did with all my spare time. It's what I did when I was with my friends. It was like not just my elementary school friends, but in high school, my group of friends, we, we wrote a book together and it was a post-apocalyptic book. It was epically bad, but it was fun. And it's what we did as a group. And so like looking back, it's, it's kind of obvious, like this is a thing that I've always liked to pour myself into. So I love that. So I'm thinking I'm a ninth grade English teacher. So I'm thinking I'd love it if we're reading Fahrenheit 451 mm -hmm. and then someone leaves that experience with Bradbury and goes, I want to write post-apocalyptic now. I want to do that. Like, yes. wow. Just like what books were inspiring you at the time? Like, can mm -hmm. you think back of like some standouts for you? Oh, okay. Um, so we could take this by, by layers. <laughs> yes, let's go. Cause this so is my like first, my first book that was inspiring. I was second grade. My second grade teacher was reading Benicula to me, which talk about a matchup is about a vampire bunny. So, like, um, and school ended when we were in the middle of the book. And this was the first book I got absorbed in and I, I could not, this was unacceptable. Like I took myself to the library, got out the book. And uh, after that, there were several more. I had to read all of those. Um, so that was the first book that just captured me. I got to uh, stop you here because yeah. then again, you're coming full circle. Kittens and then kit with like cats and dogs. And now binocular. And now you're doing the vampire series, the book. Oh, yeah. The Fairbuyer book. Well, like first part. But like in Vanicula, you have a cat and dog that are like talking with each other. And um, and so like there's definitely uh, that early inspiration continuing on. Um, then uh, as I, I got older, uh, The Hero in the Crown was the first book that I lost time. Like I, the world ceased to exist. People would apparently talk to me and I wouldn't like, I was so drawn into the world. Um, and Robin McKinley still like all of her stuff is amazing for me. I'm um, writing this down. Okay, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Just Robin McKinley right there. Uh, um, and of course, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, uh, I loved those. Um, as an adult, a speaker for the dead, was I like sci-fi? Um, mm, I like sci-fi. Uh, the Speaker for the Dead is in a class of itself. It's Orson's Got Cards, technically sequel to uh, Ender's Game, okay. uh, which I think is it's way better than Ender's Game, and I don't hear anybody talking about it. It's just it's a different it's a different vibe. And so all of the, like all of the time that you have, haha, okay. <laughs> right? Uh, what are things that you now navigate towards while you're reading? Like when you're reading, do you read for research for your books? Do you stay within the genre that you're writing? What, like, what is your go-to when you're working now? So like you said, with time, I have, uh, I have a reads to read list. Um, and what happens is when someone says, this is a really good book, I put it on my list. Um, because I do not have time to be picking up flops. I have to know this book is going to be good. Um, because I'm about to like burn dinner while I'm reading it. <laughs> so that's what I want to happen. So, um, I do try to avoid reading books that are in the genre I'm writing because I don't want to be influenced. Uh, so there's some really good vampire reads that I, I'm, just waiting to get into, but I'm like, no, no, not while I'm still in that world. I want to have that world its own place and not have outside influence. Awesome. So that's a different process for me. Like I read within the genre as I'm writing within there and I try to soak it all up as much as I can. And I turn on every movie that I can find that kind of has a similar vein. So if I'm writing this romantic comedy, I'm all into the romantic comedy movies and trying, you know, different first, second chapters. A lot of times I won't get past second chapters. I'll do like first and second chapter research, put it aside. But then if it's like, 
Eleanor Oliphant, like, and I'm holding her and I have to, to continue to hold her and I can't let her go. I will read her till the very end. Like there will be some books that I'll go through quick just for the, how does, how are these authors opening their scenes? How is it set for the structure for the genre? But then I'll put them aside and not read all the way through. Um, so I have like multiple lists and, and reads going on all at the same time. Uh, just love it. Love, love it. Love it. And so if you had to pick one, I know this is terrible, but if you had to pick one genre, I know you said you love, love, love sci-fi. Like, is that it? Or is it fantasy? You've mentioned fantasy. Fantasy, I do. Um, if I had to pick one genre to stay in, it would probably be fantasy um, because I think fantasy encompasses a wide, <laughs> you, can, you can put a lot of things in fantasy and be like, yeah, it's, 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 it's fantasy. Yeah, because you can just live in those worlds, mm-hmm. burn a lot of food, pass a lot of time. And yeah. next thing you know, you've had masterpiece after masterpiece, just, just soaking it in. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's a hard question to ask. I loved how um, I read something he wrote about it's really hard for romance because I've got the best romance around kind of thing. I'm paraphrasing you, but, but like, do you read in that genre? Uh, so I'm very picky with my, my romance. I do like, I, like I loved Eleanor and Park. Um, that was such a well done romance in my opinion. Um, but uh, a lot of romance just doesn't bring I don't know, like, it just doesn't grab me and I can't suspend my disbelief. And part of it is because I have the most unbelievable, honestly, unbelievable romance. Uh, we're uh, celebrating 19 years in one week. Um, Yay, congratulations. It's just, it's been incredible. And the qualities of this man and the qualities of our relationship, like most romance just doesn't catch me in contrast to it. So, okay. I've asked you about the boys take on the writing. How about husband and Uh, your writing? Oh, husband. I'm glad I have tissues nearby. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So um, after I had my boys, uh, I began to get sick and um, the doctors had no idea what was wrong with me. I was just, getting more and more fatigued and mentally foggy. And um, it, it got really bad. Um, I, it got to where I couldn't like walk from room to room without getting winded. And uh, the boys would go to school and I didn't have the physical strength to even keep up with my housework. All I had was writing if I had a good day, if I had enough mental clarity that I could write. And I, I felt like because our society does operate on what you produce, this this equates to your value. I felt like I had no value, but my husband, Jonathan, never saw it that way. And um, our, he, so it, our, our finances were not great at the time. And uh, he went out and bought me a dedicated laptop so that I could write and not have to worry about like, being on the the main computer and I could take it to spots where it would be quiet and I could, you know, just get away. And I was so like shocked because I didn't quite believe in myself or my ability at that point. And for him to put money, which was a very scarce commodity where his mouth was, which was like, you're talented. You can do this. This is amazing. You're great at it. And I believe in you. And send it on a laptop for me, which just was so, um, it, it was shocking to me. And it was affirming. It was so affirming. And um, excuse me, see, I knew I'm talking about that man. Uh, anyway. Um, Love it though. So when um, he read The Survivors, he like stayed up late because he couldn't put it down. And he just gushed about how good it was and how he knew like all along like that that I would pull off like in in great ways and and then when I got the contract uh to to publish like cats and dogs like so I was crying and he was just like I knew I just I knew like that you're you're so good and so he has been like a 
my cheerleader the whole time. And it's, it's fantastic. So from all of us here, you go later when you guys are going out to eat and having a celebration today for being on the podcast, not having to cook tonight, give them a big hug from all of your readers and from all of us and just say thanks for just, just speaking life to you. Yes. Oh, I will. Because, you know, that's what we need oftentimes, you know, and we might not even know what we need, yes. you know, and then having, you know, a support system, you have your writer friends, mm -hmm. you know, you have your mom, you have your husband, you have the boys. Yes. And, and now it's built you up. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, it's built you up to the point where, you know, you've got your work published now. You've got finished product. You've yes. got the work, though. You've got the dream that you can now hold in your hand. Mm -hmm. And that takes work. It takes so much work. It takes a lot of work. And I think that, you know, when other people see that that work that we do with this, that it, it gives us that next push for that next idea, for yeah. that next thing that we're working on. So you've got, so you've got the survivors now that's coming out. Is that a standalone? Is that a series? Like, what are you envisioning for that book? So I, I, I would like it to be a standalone, um, but I, I am uh, working on this sequel. I knew, I knew when I finished it, um, that it, this story wasn't done. And I was like, but I, I have other things to write. I would like, <laughs> but uh, I, the story will not let me alone. So um, I'm going to finish that. Um, and I'm really, I have uh, some YA books that I'm really am excited to get to. Okay. All right. Now we're talking YA now. We're talking vampires. We're yeah. talking kid lit. We're all about you and I. Let's go. Tell me some like, you don't have to give spoiler alerts, but like, maybe a concept or a theme for YA, like the idea behind what could be happening in that, that world for you. So I have two ideas that are both very exciting to me. Um, one is um, a, a uh, boy who is born on an intergalactic flight um, and as, as an accident, because this is a science flight, this wasn't supposed to happen. And um, this flight is making first contact with a shared consciousness species. Oh. Uh, and so it is uh, how this, like, how the boy ends up making contact with the shared consciousness species. Um, and uh, all kinds of uh, details in there. I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, it's. <laughs> I'm a giant nerd, so it's really fun for me to research like uh, what stars best support life, what kind of life would develop around something like a red dwarf star. Um, I have uh, Scott Rankin. He wrote uh, Nixia, Nixia Unleashed. He wrote the series. And when he was speaking at our school, he talked about, here I am, so excited to do research about what happens if you have two moons on this planet and what would happen if you do this. And so he wrote uh, YA sci-fi. So that would be a really good one to attach, you know, to put on your list uh, for future reads too. So, so you've got the YA, YA sci-fi. You just lit up talking about sci-fi. Oh, I, I love, I, I, I love space. I love biology as well. Um, and so looking at like what are different carriers for oxygen and blood. So if you have a carbon-based uh, thing that breathes oxygen, you can have different colors blood of blood based on the metal that carries oxygen. Uh, it's just, you know, nerd stuff. Um, but I also love psychology. So the other book I want to write is a, um, a book about a uh, boy whose mom has bipolar disorder. And um, I want it to be both accurate about bipolar disorder without being um, stigmatizing. So uh, I'm very much involved in the mental health uh, community and I don't have bipolar, but I've uh, since I had the idea, I started just sitting into forums, looking at what it's like for people with bipolar disorder, the, the things that they frequently struggle with, uh, medications that work that don't work that you know uh what it's like when they have a manic episode a depressive episode um and so i want to write from the boy's perspective um and i think the scene that captured me when i was thinking about the book was um his mom uh waking him up in the middle of the night because 
it was so beautiful. How could he be asleep? And then going out on the trampoline to look at the moon um, and uh, just kind of describing the colorful um, but varied life that they have. And then um, when the mom needs treatment, um, he goes to live with an aunt for a while and a very different like experience and kind of um, his, his viewpoint and then bringing the family together uh, afterwards. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm a little nervous because I want to do it justice. And it sounds like you are putting in a lot of that sensitivity and work and that research right now as you're going through that process. And then you have organizations that you could reach out to, like NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. You have people within that system that could help you and be a beta reader for you. And, you know, you could, you know, contact local therapists and say, I'm working on this book. Could you give it a look? And, and by doing that and building those sensitivity readers into that, that is a way that you are, you know, approaching that topic and, and giving it the honor and the place. You yeah, know, that it deserves. So hugs to you for that. Um, when I saw that you were an advocate for mental health awareness, I was like, yes, I saw that in your bio. And I was like, so all of the books that I've self-published, um, I always put NAMI in the back. I always put hotline numbers. I always put things that, you know, so if my YA or MG readers or my adult readers, when they get to that spot, it's always like about the author. But then, you know, if you need help or if you need to talk or if you need to check, you know, check things out, there are people here that could support you. And, and I always try to do that with my books. I'm really passionate about NAMI and, um, and just, you know, constantly trying to stay aware, just to be aware of that um, because of, you know, personal issue, personal family, all of that. But I feel like with our platforms, with our author platforms, too, you know, this is a time where we can help support and remove the stigma mm -hmm. and support. Very much so. And yes. there's such a stigma around mental health in our society. And it's it's wild to me that even uh, like talking to people about counseling, they're like, well, I'm doing good. Well, you, you don't have to be doing bad. You don't have to be desperate to benefit from counseling. But then also going to counseling isn't a negative thing. Um, it therapy has been life changing for me, and then finding uh, the beautiful variety of the mental health community and how much, um, really, how much stigma there is around uh, mental illness and people not wanting to be uh, open because it, they face um, people get fired, people lose yeah. friends just just by being honest about what they're experiencing. And uh, so it's very much something that I want to do with my platform as well is to raise awareness. And not only that, but to raise awareness that you can have a fulfilling life. Like just because um, you have something that says disorder after your name doesn't mean that you can't live a fulfilling, beautiful life. Um, I have several friends uh, on uh, that have bipolar disorder. Um, friends with schizophrenia and before like with the media you, they paint things like uh schizophrenia did with this very scary brush like these are people that will hurt you and what that's really done is just hurt those people yeah yeah so i love i love that you have that in you you know and now that the platform will grow and you will be out there more and then you, your confidence has grown. And so social media for you will continue to build. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, social media, a lot of times authors will go, no, no, like it is a vampire. Like, no, get it away. I just want to write books and I want to hide. But we can really use our platforms for good. Yes. Like we can really spread a message of hope and understanding and acceptance within our platforms. And so I see that for you in your future, too. And I'm excited. I'm excited for the survivors next. Like, 
Um, I do love the sparkly vampires. I will admit, let's see, if I go this way, back there, I've got the hardbacks of uh, the Twilight series, I will say. But I've always been a huge vampire fan, too. So my husband's all into the werewolves. He's ready for a werewolf book. Oh, this one has both. So you're good. Good. So I'm working on a middle grace that has a werewolf world. Um, okay. It's a fantasy. I'm working on that one and it's going to have a, the, you know, the big epic battle, you know. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm working that for him, but just I can't wait to see what you've got next. Like ready. And when is the survivors coming out now that we've got like cats and dogs? We can read that with our kids. We can read survivors for us. So tell yeah. us survivors comes out uh, April 13th. And Ooh. I'm I'm super excited. I I've like you said, I love a, a vampire story. Robin McKinley, who I mentioned earlier, has a book called Sunshine, which is a really unique vampire story. Uh, and if you like, like, uh, you know, subtext, it's um, really a retelling of Beauty and the Beast using vampires. It's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, I've got that written down. So, yes, I have notes all here. So now I'm just going to have to say, Jenna, I want you back on the show when the survivors come out. I would love to. Just so we could just hang out again. Absolutely. And, and talk work. Um, you've shared a lot of great tips while we've been talking. Uh, I don't know if you've recognized that or not, but you've given a lot of the uh, of our listeners some, some, oh, let's try. Maybe we could try this. Maybe this can help. And, um, and I love your idea of playing in the sandbox. Guys, you can tell that Jenna loves what she does. You can tell mom was right. You live for this stuff. Like I you can, yeah. And so I just want to thank you so much for being on the show, Jenna. Uh, okay. Tell us where to find you. Where can everybody go and check you out? Oh, gosh. You can find me everywhere. J.E. Craft on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, because the publisher said I needed to be. Not because my introverted heart wanted it, but they were right. I need to be there. <laughs> you can do it. You can. Because it's a great way to interact, engage. Yes. to share. It's not just about read my book. Exactly. It's, oh, this book, Sunshine. It's so cool. Go read this. It's a great take. You'll love it. You know, sharing about the books that we're reading, sharing about things that are happening around us and using our platforms for good. Like, yes, it's amazing. So, so I'm so glad she's everywhere, guys. Y'all got to go and follow Jenna. Check out Like Cats and Dogs. I've got the description. Uh, below that has the links where you can go order and then i'm going to go ahead and change the description and say and on april 13th get ready for the survivors for all of my vampire people out there because i know you guys are here with me because we talk horror on the show and everything too so we got um two horror uh people coming on next week so Ooh. that's kind of my genre too jenna that's what i'm saying ask me something i'll say yeah i love that oh. <laughs> What do I not love? I love books and I love talking uh, with you today. So thanks so much, Jenna. Thanks guys for hanging out with us. So bye guys. Bye. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.